If you've listened to a rock album, cassette, or CD in the past 50, 60 years, a good chance Eddie Kramer probably engineered or produced it. He is a rock icon, and he's got a new documentary with Jimi Hendrix about Hendrix, Music, Money, Madness, and then a Live in Maui album out right now. Eddie Kramer, it's an honor to have you on. Eddie! Hey, Torgan Elliott, what are you guys doing? We're waiting to talk to you, sir. Thank you for calling in this. You know, we've been going through your bio all morning, and we've, of course, being in classic rock, we've known your work for years. But I want to begin with this. Given in 2020, the technology available today, and then I think about you at Woodstock, my God, the changes that you have seen. Yes, sir, quite a few. I mean... You go from the craziness of Woodstock, which I've always thought of as three days of drugs and hell, to uh, today, where I'm sitting in my office and I can actually mix with my laptop and a couple of speakers and a pair of headphones anywhere in the world. It's incredible. Yeah, one thing I think that was great back then was the artists actually played and they sang and you would record it and then we would consume it. Now, you listen to a lot of stuff with the auto-tune and so many artists don't even play instruments anymore. I know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little disappointing, but... You know, there's always the exceptions to the rule. Um, Billie Eilish comes to mind. I mean, I think she's a fabulous artist, and I think she and her brother did an amazing job of creating a new sound, even though it's in the confines of a bedroom. I thought it was very well put together. But there is nothing, in my mind, there's nothing that substitutes for four people. You know, it could be four elephants, four gorillas, three people and a, and, and a dog in a control room or in a studio making music together, looking at each other and saying, you suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, uh, Eddie, of yeah. all the bands you've had, and you've had all of them, and we listed Clapton and Bowie and the Beatles and the Stones and Jimmy, Jimmy and Zeppelin and Kiss, who's one of my favorites. Uh, what, who, which band bickered the most? Which band bickered the most? Yeah, which guys went uh, at each other? I would say the Stones, probably. Yeah. And was it Keith and Mick? Uh, it was, yeah, Keith and Mick, yeah, but Brian and all that stuff. But that's going to be in my book, uh, which is coming out in, in hopefully next year, called From the Other Side of the Glass. But to get back to guys who are great in the studio, I have to say Hendrix, number one. Uh, I would say Beatles number two, Stones number three. Oh no, actually, no, I would say Zeppelin. Uh, Zeppelin number two, beg your pardon. Jimmy first, then Zepp. In the studio, ridiculously amazing talent, mm-hmm. direction, concentration. Yeah, the two Jimmies. Yeah. Hey, tell us about Jimi Hendrix, because you were engineer-producer for the first, his four albums, and you met him right in the beginning. We know he's the greatest guitarist of all time, but give us a little tidbit of Jimi Hendrix that the majority of people wouldn't know, because, boy, his career was cut short at such an early age. Well, first of all, he was a gentle soul, and he had the most amazing sense of humor. He would take the piss out of me and himself and the whole band, and if the session was going downhill, he would jump into playing like uh, a Batman theme or something like that. So <laughs> his sense of humor and the way he reacted to people was 
fantastic and a, and a sweetheart of a guy. I mean, just amazing. You know, you know, when you get in a room with somebody with that kind of presence and that kind of genius, you your whole game gets elevated. So, Eddie Kramer, tell us about this uh, footage that you have with the blessing of the Hendrix estate, and we've got an album out of this, a documentary, Music, Money, and Madness. With this uh, concert in Maui, when did this take place? Well, the concert in Maui, ha, now you're talking about a bunch of real nutty people. Yeah. The whole idea about the documentary, the documentary is telling the backstory of a movie called Rainbow Bridge. When Rainbow Bridge was made, it was a, it was a con job. You know what I mean? Uh, the guys were very clever. They convinced Jimi Hendrix's manager to make this movie. And uh, Jimmy was on tour. He was in Hawaii. Uh, he did a big show in Honolulu, 15,000 people, played great. And then his manager said, hey, come on over to Maui. You know, we're going to make this movie. And... They sold him a bill of goods on that one. Jimmy flies over thinking, oh, this is going to be my vacation. Guess what? You're playing in front of 400 people on the side of a mountain with 50-mile-an-hour winds blowing. Hello? Yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, you know, his career was so short, and you'd have to assume if he lived, he would still be a hit maker in the 70s. But there's bands like the Stones who could do it multiple decades with their creativity. Uh, was was Jimmy a guy who could, if he was still living, make hits in the 80s, maybe in the 90s? Was was he that guy where he could, we know he's a great guitarist, but would his career span like 20, 30 years? Absolutely. I'm beyond. He would be a giant today had he lived. You know, Jimmy, probably at this point, he would have, oh, certainly in the, in the 70s and 80s, he would have had his own film company, production company, publishing. He loved uh, working with young artists. You know, he encouraged young people to play. I mean, every guitar player you can think of in the world who's picked up a guitar said, geez, let me, let me go to sure. the master first. I'll see if I can work it like that. You know, education was big. Um, certainly working with musicians and big orchestras. He, I know he wanted to. When we were working on the album The Cry of Love before he died, which, by the way, a lot of the tracks that you see in the Maui film were actually recorded at Electric Lady three weeks before. And so, you know, that's the first time you actually see and hear them played live is in Maui. They're part of The Cry of Love. But his whole vibe was to, you know, make music for people, to make them happy. And that was, that was him. And he would have been a giant. And didn't you move here to the States uh, to record him, to be closer to Jimmy and, and work with him exclusively? Like New York City, right? Yeah, I, I came to America in 1968 to continue working with him. Since I started with him in London uh, in 1967 uh, on, on uh, Are You Experienced? and then continued working with him. And then built a studio for him and all the rest of that. Hey, Eddie, is there anyone out there, and you've done it all and produced everyone and engineered, is there someone out there that, boy, I would really love to produce or engineer, whether it was a Van Halen or a U2 or a Foo Fighters? Is there a big-name artist that you've always wanted to work with and just never had the opportunity? Well, you mentioned the Foo Fighters, absolutely, and Prince, uh, had, you know, had he lived and had I had the opportunity, that would have been brilliant, because I always thought 
he had so much of Jimmy in his playing and his way he approached things. Hey, uh, why are you not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Eddie Kramer? Yeah, we're tight with the guys up the road in Cleveland there. We're going to ask them next time. You should be in the Rock Hall. Well, thank you, guys. If you wouldn't be, uh, if it wouldn't be a problem to mention it, I would be honest. No, seriously. Yeah, we'll mention it, and we'll uh, we'll find a way to get it to you in the quote. It's Greg Harris is a friend of the show, and we have him on once a month, so we'll definitely uh, mention you because uh, we know you're deserving. How does now with the documentary out and the album? How do people get a hold of it? Because it's in Blu-ray as well. Um, you can go to the uh, Experience Hendrix site. That's one way to get it. Um, it's, it's out on Sony. I'm, you go to the Sony website. Um, yeah, it's available online. I mean, no, no more record stores, huh, guys? Well, a little bit. There's yeah, a couple in Columbus, but yeah. yeah it's a, but I think it's coming back, don't you think, Eddie? Oh, vinyl, man. Vinyl's cool. So yeah. we, obviously, anything we do with Hendrix goes on vinyl. Were you around in London before we let you go here quickly? I love those stories of Clapton, Clapton is God, and all that that scene in London in the mid-late 60s, and it was building up. And then when Hendrix came over that first time and he played a couple shows, and here they all thought they were so great, Clapton and everybody, and then they saw Jimmy the first time, and it was just a whole nother level. Were you around for all that? I was, and I know Clapton just... He just didn't want to play for a while. He just said, oh, God, that's it. I mean, you know. I mean, Townsend, I remember talking to Townsend. He said, oh, after you see Jimmy, you just just want to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Eddie, you're a legend, and thanks so much for your time. Hey, guys, thank you, and keep rocking, all right? All right, we're going to get you in the hall.